Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. Anybody stay up to watch the ball drop? No, just a few, a few hands. Most people were probably in bed by then. Anybody still recovering from your Christmas celebrations and get-togethers? This first part of January always feels like you're coming out of that post-Christmas stupor. Right? I mean, your trees and decorations are still up, but you're not feeling that Christmas spirit anymore. Right? All of the radio stations have gone back to play in their normal songs, and pretty soon you're going to get that credit card bill for all those Christmas presents. Right? Welcome back to reality, huh? In a way, this time of year is sort of like that reality that hits you after a new baby's born. Right? At the hospital, people are ooing and aahing over this new little bundle of joy. The doctors and the nurses are there to help you, and it's great. Stressful, but great. Kind of like Christmas. But then you have to go home. And you're on your own. And reality hits you. And you have to do your best to raise this child. And it is not as easy as it was back in the hospital. I imagine that Mary and Joseph kind of felt this way too. Right, we often don't really think about that. Usually we go from sweet little baby Jesus in the manger to Jesus beginning his public ministry as an adult. Granted, that's because the Gospels are mostly silent about his childhood. But in today's reading, we do get one of the few little scenes from when he was a kid. And it's a welcome to reality scene. It's a story of when they have to flee to Egypt. But before we get to it, I have to put it in context. Because this story doesn't take place right after Jesus was born. In fact, it was probably a few years later. That's because this happens after the Magi visit. Now, that's the story, of course, that the church celebrates every year on Epiphany which is January 6th every year. But given the way the church calendar falls this year, we're not going to have an Epiphany celebration here. Because next Sunday is Baptism of Our Lord Sunday. Which means that within just the span of like two weeks, we're going to go from little baby Jesus to adult Jesus being baptized by John. So it's important that we get this brief little snippet into his childhood today. But it's not a pretty scene. It's a welcome to reality scene. Right? So the Magi are there, and after they leave, an angel warns Joseph in a dream to take Jesus and Mary and flee to Egypt because Herod wants to kill them. Now, if you recall from the story of the Magi, Herod told them to report back to him after they found Jesus so that he could, quote, go and pay him homage. Well, of course, Herod has no intention of really worshiping Jesus because he sees Jesus as a threat to his rule. 
even though he's a baby, even though he's a young kid. That's because the Magi called him the king of the Jews. Which means if Jesus is king, then Herod is not king. And Herod doesn't like that. There can be only one king. So Herod wants to kill Jesus. Well, when Herod found out that the Magi never reported back, he ordered that all of the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and younger to be killed. Which implies that Jesus could have been as old as two by this time. The angel warned Joseph about this. Joseph listens, and he fled with Mary and Jesus to Egypt to be saved. Well, a while ago, I heard an author who reflected on this story. And she noticed that Jesus would have literally been in a class by himself in school. Since all of the other kids his age would have been killed, he would have been the only kid in his age group. Now, imagine all of the parents of all of those other kids who were killed. Imagine what they thought when they looked at Mary and Joseph and Jesus, who is the age that their children should have been. Imagine what they said to Joseph and Mary. Why is your kid still alive and my kid's dead? Welcome to reality. Now, if this setup here sounds a little bit familiar, it should. Because can you think of some other Bible story where a whole bunch of kids were killed at the same time, but one boy lived? Moses. This is what happened when Moses was born. Pharaoh saw all the Hebrew people and thought that they were going to rebel against him. So he ordered that all the boys be killed. This is why Moses' mother had to hide him in that basket in the reeds. So this gospel writer clearly wants us to think of the Moses story when we're hearing about Jesus. And throughout the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is often portrayed as a new kind of Moses even here in his childhood. So there is pain and violence and suffering from the very beginning for Jesus. And here we are at the very beginning of a new year, and we know that violence and pain and suffering are still around. They didn't go away just because you changed your calendar. We're trying to recover from our post-Christmas stupor. We know the reality that we can't stay awake long enough to watch the ball drop. We know that 2023 might feel just like a repeat of 2022. So then what good was Christmas? Right? We look at our world and we still hear about children dying. We look at our world and we still hear stories about families who have to flee for their lives. We look around and we still see people who are wailing and weeping because tragedy hit them. So Christmas might have been fun while it lasted, but it didn't really help. 
did it really make any difference? Well, yes, of course it did. Because it reminds us that Jesus is still Emmanuel. He is still God with us. Think of it this way. The only reason Herod ordered this massacre of the innocents is because he knew that Jesus was more powerful than he was. Even today, the only reason evil puts up a fight is because it knows it can't win. If it knew it would win, then it would just sit back, relax, and watch the world burn. Because it would know that nobody can stop it. Evil doesn't have to fight back when there's nothing to fight against. But evil does push against us every day. From the time we're born to the time we die. Because it knows that Jesus is the one in charge. It knows that it does have to fight because it's a fight that it will not win. It's sort of like the, the dog with the ferocious bark and the sharp teeth who's still chained to the side of the house. It might look and sound scary and it might even bite you, but it's not going anywhere. There is one who is more powerful. Or, to put it all a different way, evil is threatened by Jesus because it knows that he is the real king. It's always been threatened by him. So this means that in your life, when it seems like things are going horribly wrong for you, remember that Jesus is still in charge. Even when he was a child, even when he was just two years old, he was still in charge. Right? Yes, he didn't order the massacre of all those other children. And regardless of what the other parents at the time thought, suffering is not Jesus' fault. Instead, in Jesus, we see the promise that the God of the entire universe chose to come into our painful world because he loves us. Because he loves you. And then, as we know, this same Jesus destroyed the power of suffering and death when he died and rose again. So really, in this scene, the angels warned Joseph, and Joseph protected Jesus so that Jesus could protect us. So that Jesus could protect you. Yes, there will always be pain and suffering in the world. There will always be children who die and 
powers that be that feel threatened, and parents that do whatever it takes to keep their kids safe. This will always be a scary world. But this will also always be the world into which God comes. God comes to people who are mourning a loss. God comes to people who are fleeing for their lives. God comes to those who are trying to protect their families. God comes to you in your pain and struggle. God has come into our world and has defeated evil. Evil just hasn't admitted it yet. So the story of Christmas does not end with sweet little baby Jesus lying in the manger. The story of Christmas continues into your life. Because the promise of Emmanuel, God with us, is true even today in your messy life. No matter what threats come your way, no matter what tragedies happen in this world, no matter what sorrow causes people to weep and wail, Jesus is still stronger than all of it. And so as you clean up from Christmas, as you look ahead to this new year, as you wonder what the future will hold, remember that Jesus is still with you. He is still in charge, and nothing can ever defeat him. Thanks be to God for Emmanuel, God with us. In the name of this one who is stronger than all our suffering, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.